So this this is Rebaran's way. So I'm giving the Shabbos morning shear. Now Rebaran has a way of like leaving from usually the parshas he goes away. The parshas which are fairly sparse in the sefer. So I have to do something from the Yisraelia Torah. There's not that much to do. Um, so like all parshas of the midvor, you, know, you go to parshas whatever. It's like you know it's 50, 60 pages long. It's like it's, it's like you know four pages long. Um, uh, but uh, we look at one one piece over here. Uh, if you want to go get a copy of the Sariah Torah, they're in the, in the, di- in the dining room. Uh, you know they are, under the microwave. Um, so the question is, the, some of the different ideas why there was a concept of counting clients. So I really want to share with you a thought which is not here in the Sefer. It's what I heard from, uh, I heard from a gifter which I'd forgotten about. And somebody asked me today, you know, they quoted the piece, and they said, do I know if it's written, written up anywhere? And the answer is, I'm not aware that it's written up anywhere. But he reminded me of the piece. I said, wow, that's a Shakish Gishmaka piece. I want to share that. And I then called one of the Rashiva's primary Talmudim if he's aware of it's printed anywhere. Um, and he said that he's not aware that it's printed anywhere. And then, uh, so, so, um, so maybe you'll get a piece of a gift that you wouldn't get, any, <laughs> wouldn't get elsewhere. So it's good either come, come tonight. Okay. Um, so Rabban starts off talking about the concept of the idea of the of counting Klai Yisrael. Um, so, the, uh, what was the purpose? Um, this is Ramban. So, the puzzle was Machayev, Mashiach, the Khan Klai Yisrael. So, it's because of the Haggad, Mispar, Klau, Lachar, Shehikar, Apotim, Kinsav, Mishra, Aaron, Shehidu, Mispar, Mifkar, Oham. That we should make they they every member of Kleisel bought their Yichus and they clarified exactly who belongs to which Shevet and they set up the Golem based on the Shvatim, etc. So that we understand. By the way, the Chamakot says to page 740. Um, the Rechaim says that um, the Mashabano told them to bring, and the Mashabano told them to count them immediately. It means everybody had a very clear documentation of who they were, where they came from. They didn't, like, nobody was like, you know, you know I, let me fi- see if I can find my star and I'll get back to you, type of a thing. You know, it was very, everybody had a clear Rechaim, they had the head story, they had the doc- documentation of their Yichus. It was very important to call yourself this concept where they belonged, etc., to the point that everybody had it written up. And they had documentation of the fact, and they were able to put their hands on it immediately and present it to Moshe and Aaron who they, where, where they belonged. That's what Rechaim HaKadosh points out. So, but, so he understands why that's important, because that was, the, the Bershom wanted to set up the different Degolim, uh, the Shvatim Degolim, etc. Fine. But what's not in how many people there are? What's not mean if the, 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 there's X amount per shevet, there's X amount per degel, and the Torah clearly it's important to the Torah because it goes through this process, it makes the calculation twice. Um, it says each shevet how many they were, then it goes again and it talks about each degel, each shevet how many they were, and what was the total amount of the degel. So it's clear that's very important. What's the shot? Ulai. Uh, possibly maybe one explanation would be that the Russian was just doing this to a, 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 to bring out the Russian's chesed 
כבשיבים נפש יורדו אבסי מצרים. ואותו הם ככל היום. כך וכך בני עשרים. So when I say you know you have so many things to thank Hashem for, you don't put, you don't give a very clear specific thought. You don't really appreciate how much you, what, what you're talking about. So there's a lot, a lot of Jews that doesn't have the impact to say there's you started out with 70 people and now uh, 200 years later you are 600,000 b'nei Esrim. There's you know and you give it. That that has much more of an impact than um, just saying there's a lot of us. Um, the, after each event which Klaiso was punished, there is there there is an element of the Russian was continuing to keep track what's happening to Klaiso. That's important. So, like that's what I'll say. Me, That's a message. How much the Russian cares? He wants to know. Now, Russian knows, but the way we get the message that he know that he cares is by the fact that we're being counted. So, taking off on this idea of the Ramban, talks about when we say more or you say in Nishmas, you know, there's, I can't thank you for, for one out of, you know, a thousand, 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 ten thousand, ten thousand, you know, like, you know, I, I, it doesn't really hit you. A person takes one event in their life, they stop and think about how many different elements of chesed that went into it, and they say it with, with, with specificity, that has an impact on us. So he says that, that the Ramban is saying that there has to be, it has, the fact that it's detailed and specific is what allows it to have an impact on the primary selves. So he suggests that when a person would say, right, a person should pause and think about some event which they really feel a and think about it specifically how much Chesed the Russian put into that event, that situation in their life, their event, you know, the, they have pronosis. So what does it mean they have pronosis? What was, what was involved in getting pronosis? And it's pausing for a moment and then saying, my dim, that the person would really have a hargasha of a to Kodesh Baruch when he did it. A person who, each individual came to Marshanaran, the process of the counting required that each member of Klai Yisrael presented themselves to Marshanaran. And they would, he would present his name. I mean, they would know who he is. That would be a source of, of schools for the individual. You know, we think the most like you go to meet a big tzaddik, you get a bracha, etc., is like a chesed shemaisa, right? It's Ramban. He says that's shot in the pasuk. Ramban says that each member of Klaisa would come to be stand in the presence. Of Moshe and Aaron, there's a tremendous excuse for that. Just being in the presence of Moshe and Aaron was mashpia on them, the toiv. It, it, it gave them schus v'chayim. It gave it a source of life for them to be have such an opportunity. Now, exactly what he means, all of these words over here, the next, the next part of what he says, I cannot tell you 100%. I'm not sure what he means. Uh, it seems to be that the, the, as they did that, they joined 
the great, greater corpus of Klai Yisrael. By presenting themselves, they got the of being in the presence of Moshe and Aaron. And then, it went further. That Moshe Rado, when he saw each one, he would dive for them. So he, they presented himself to Moshe and Aaron. Now Moshe would have all of them in mind when he was davening. Okay. Um, so that's the second suggestion. Um, he'll, he'll say another explanation. Just once, let's just pause for this one. Um, uh, in 1989, we were in Eretz Yisrael for, 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 and, we, and we, I went to visit Tom Kanievsky. So those, we went, we went to Eretz Yisrael to But um, as a Menebrach already, so uh, obviously I visited Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim then was not busy with being a Kabul Kahal because he was. Shach was alive. Shach was dealing with all of the issues of Klai Yisrael. And Rukhaim, I went to speak to him and learning. Um, um, and Barashem had a chance to speak to him and learning, etc. Uh, my wife went to speak to, to his Rebetzin, because he didn't see women. And then on the way out, I told her she has to, she has to peek her head and see his face. He had, there was a shine in his face. Fast forward, that was in 1989. Fast forward like 2012, something like that. I forget exactly which year it was. Um, we were in Arsenal, and my son wanted to go see Rukhaim. And I really had no occasion to go to visit Rukhaim. I didn't have anything I didn't need to talk to him about. To go to get a bracha, that's very nice, but the, the poor man is like busy with, with all of the, with the real issues of Kali Israel. He doesn't need me to pastor him for a bracha. Like, he's got everything to do with his time. Um, maybe I'm more sensitive to the issue because I sit on the other side of the desk. Um, <laughs> and anyway, I'd, see, I'd, I'd seen Reb Chaim. So my son says to me, yeah, that's very nice, Todd, but I never saw Reb Chaim. <laughs> you know, so um, we went to Reb Chaim and basically we got a bracha. Those days the bracha was bracha batzlacha, it wasn't buha. Uh, you know, eventually he, he, eventually he, he shortened the bracha too. If you make the Rosh Hashanah, it's Beis Vav Hey. So it's Buha. Okay, oh. Buha. That's how we said it at the end. Because there were so many people there, just a Buha. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. So then it was like, you know, the Bracha was. I, I never think it's I need to speak to him about. You know, El might find an excuse to discuss something to be able to go visit him. There's a Mysore with, with Riyasha, where Riyasha was once walking in the street. And somebody thought to himself, well, there's a great opportunity to speak to Riyasha, ask him a question, because nobody's, nobody's with him. So the person went over to Rabbi Yasha when he asked him a question. Rabbi Yasha looked at him and he said, there's no Allah of Baltashkis when Rabbi Yasha was walking by himself. It's called a waste of Baltashkis. If you, you, have to, you must bother him. That was what Rabbi Yasha told him. And he, he apparently, apparently didn't think too much of the person's question. <laughs> you know, like, you know it's, such a way, it's such an opportunity you have to take, take advantage of. But yeah, well, if you, need, if you really need to speak to him, speak to him. If you don't need to speak to him, don't speak to him. Leave him alone. Like, you know. But Nirvana is saying, that there is a source just to stand in front of these people, just to be in their presence is a is source of source for chayim. So that's uh, so my son was right in that regard. I, I still felt bad bothering him. Over here, the Russian told him, the Russian that they have to do this. So fine. Um, 
Um, the, there's a going, the going says it takes us even further. And the Ramban Betzim in Parshas Yisrael says such a thing. It says, Meshurbeinu had a clarity of vision that when they would come to the, 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 the Pesach, it says Yisrael asked Moshe, why is everybody standing over there? It says they would come to be Medea, the path that they should follow. So Chalal Darshan did so many different things, etc. The Ramban says that it means Kibshutai, that he would look at each person, look at their neshama, and tell them what their Tafkin life is. So imagine you had the opportunity to go to Marisha, and he would tell you exactly why you're here. Right? So this person, you're here in this world to be a first grade rabbi. Right? That's why you're here. So you bang your head against the wall. Don't do anything else but that. Because that's not why you're here. You're here to, uh, to deal with Nisyanis, deal with, with Soros. You're here to, to, have the, to become a Gavir. You're here to sit and learn. You're here to, you know, everybody was told why they were there. It's an involved Gazakh. Part of the, we, we grapple with all this life, we always wonder, like, am, I, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? You know? right. So, uh, the Ramban says that Moshe, by looking at them, we give them that, we give them that explanation. So, uh, that, that Ramban over here does not mention that idea. That, that was part of it. Uh, I guess that probably that was over there. People came on their own. But the Moshe the, that they must make sure they get to every person in Christ. So, you want to ask, ask. You want to ask, don't ask. You know. But I think including what he's saying, there was this Kus V'chayim. Kibob Asaram B'Ksab B'nei Yisrael. So part of what that means is this idea that they became part of the team. Mashiach was able, was able to sort of place them in the Am, where, what their role is, what the purpose is. Um, I don't know this person personally, but I know of somebody that the Chazanish told him that your tachas in life is to be a first grade rabbi. This person is a trend of Tamil Being a first grade rabbi arguably is beneath his dignity, right? You know, and it's not the most fulfilling of type of, you know, you say, Rashi, Yeshiva, you know, you make a shmak, and, you know, so teaching all of the kids is not necessarily the most exciting thing in the world. Chazanish said, that that's why you're here in this world. Okay. You know, whether you want to say the Chazanish is Ruch or not, but he didn't tell me that type of stuff, right? You know, like, you know, you can imagine the person went through life feeling confident that that's his role in life. The Gadolador, the Tzadik Ador, the Chenetz told him that that's why he's here. Conversation over. Be a very helpful week. Always get that. Theoretically, Mashiach could have asked the, the Rosh Mishpacha, how many kids do you have? We could come with the exact same thing. So uh, he says, well, I have, you know, I have, I have, I mean, they had Shisha Bekarasecha, so he said, you know, I got 57 or so, you know, you know, right? Whatever number he said. I, I told you once the board from the, your to tells her about how the Shisha Bekarasecha it wasn't because I'll say that they gave birth six six in, a, in each birth there was there were six, so once a masculine challenger blazer tells her, like that, that just like why should you believe such a thing? He says, but there's a person that says you're familiar with Humish, 
says it's, it's Pesukim and Chumash. He says, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. He says, it's a look at the parasha. Parasha counts B'nai Yisrael from the ages of 20 to 60. The, the, the parasha counts the Bukharim. It says there are 22,273 Bukharim. 600,000, right? 600,003, 600, right? 100, whatever the number is, 385, um, of Kala So it means that the Bukharim are 130th, of, uh, ratio of 130th of Kala Yisrael. Now, arguably, the Bukharim in any family, it's a 50 50 chance it should be a boy or girl first. So uh, the, the, the number, so if the average family, let's say they have 10 births, so the average family is 10, so you say five of them, right? So we take 600 and divide it by 10, right? Um, and so that's 60. And then you... Um, Then you, it's a 50 50 chance, so it's 30, right? right? That would be the, the, the argument. But the Bukharim were from the age of 30 days old, and Klaisil is from, is from 600,000 from the age of 20. Right. So there's a lot of little kids which are not being counted in, 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 the, in the calculation, right? So, so he says like this he said, if you, if you, if you calculate there was, there was there was t- ten births, and each birth there was there was um, there was ten births, and each birth there was six. So average family average family had six had had sixty. Sometimes boy, sometimes girl. So the bacharim would be about one thirtieth of this of, per per family, ah. which is actually the number. Or Eric, that's around the number. It says, but if they only had ten, he says the number should be much larger, right? So, um, so he says the it's fair. Okay, getting back to over here. Um, so ask the ask the family. He says that's not the point. The matter says the point. Was each member of Klayisrael had a right to be counted independently, because that's giving covenant and gedulah to each individual. Mershom tells Moshe, each person will come in front of you and you will count them. So they come in the front of Moshe. Obviously they're coming. It's a tremendous, they're coming with tremendous awe of coming to Moshe. But it's it's a statement that you deserve to be in the presence of of, of Moshe. So that gave each member of Christ an element of COVID. So each member had to be counted like that. Okay. Um, the last explanation that he says why they were, they were counted is because when you have an army, you, you want to know what the, you want to know the number of the army is, uh, and then uh, not the last. And the next explanation, the last explanation is they were dividing by Israel. We need to know exactly the number of people had to be divided up to Israel. That's the point that the Ramban says. Okay. Um, that the next piece is an Akedo. So the Akedo starts off discussing the Ramban. Um, and then he says that 
Uh, he wants to say something more than that. She was said like this, which fits nicely into the point that the kid is going to say. So, Klaisel is counted, and they come and present themselves. So, so where, where, where did the Shkolem come into the picture? They're counted by Shkolem. So, the point over here, the Ramana is saying that each one person comes and presents himself to Moshe, because they're covered, they have a school to be in the presence of Moshe, etc., etc., etc. So, good. So, the, he walks in, you, go, you make you know, your, your slash on the, on the wall with the chalk, you know, and you keep... Now, each person then donated uh, a master's a shekel, and then they counted the shkolen. So, what was, it, what was the need for this second layer so if everybody just sent in their scrolling, we one thing, right? So everybody didn't come anyway, so just send the scrolling in, and we'll count the scrolling. So arguably, later on, Klaiso sent the scrolling in every year, the master of the shekel, to, for the Kerbonas. If they wanted to count how many people Klaiso, they would count the, the scrolling. But, you know, yeah, yeah, nish, nish. But they understand what the, the, the scrolling had a role. We needed them for the, the Kerbonas. And they were a vehicle that every member of Christ would, 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 would send to their master's shackle. They couldn't come personally, they would send it in. And if you want to the count, you can count it. But we hear they're, they're coming to Moshe Rabbeinu anyway. So watch that. So she was said that the message is that you can't count Christ. Counting an individual. Which is which is primarily in the shoma, and it's much more than the body. You can't count them. You can count the, how many bodies there are, but that's a mistake because then you're saying that the main thing is the body. So we'll, we'll count shkolim. We're not going to count bodies because if you're counting bodies, you're defining that that you are one, right? So that's what Shiva said. I don't recall. If he said this next part, or I added this part as an addendum when he said it, I seem to recall that he said this next part also. I can't say for sure. It's like, hold up. One of my chaverim was usually very, very good. I asked him, he says he doesn't recall. So there's interesting Gamora. The more talks about um, that. Um, the more says one place it says a lotion that that um oh, it's a talking one time it talks about Klaisel sent in Parsha Shukas it says Klaisel sent shh, shh. Rashi brings that in the Novi it says that Klaisel sent Shluchim to Melech Moyev to ask Bishus to go through the through Moyev. So Rashi over there says it wasn't Kaisel. The Pasuk says in Chumash, it says it was Moshe. But he shlach Moshe. Melam that Moshe who Yisrael, Yisrael who Moshe, Shemoshe Shokol Kanegid Shishim Riboy. The Moshe Benu counts six hundred thousand. So okay, if you're gonna do the count, the real count, so we'd be skewed because Moshe Benu counts at six hundred thousand. So you can't count the numbers in the real way when you're talking about the real being of the individual. The, the more it talks about by Binayo Ben Yoda, the Rosh Hashanah, 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 the
he was shocked like 300,000 people. And how Limor knew and how Chazal knew, that, that's, not, that's not, I'm not getting involved, I have no idea, right? How you calculate, right? But the, 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 the Torah Badafa doesn't count the individual as the individual because we can never say what, what you count for. How many, how many of you there are? What, how much weight do you, do you carry? Um, a very crude muscle. Dime Weiss has a tshuva. He talks about the issue of buying stock in companies which are involved with things which theoretically would be problematic. The company's open on Shabbos, it's open on Pesach, it sells Chamas on Pesach, it uh, does business with Ribis, etc. Is there a problem buying stock in these companies? So he argues the following. He says, you know, so each free share of stock that you have, you're entitled to a vote for the direct, the, how to run the company. So you own one share, you get one vote. So you go to the, let's say you would go to the actual stockholders meeting and you present your vote. The guy next to you owns a million shares. His vote counts a million times. So he has a million votes and you have one. You both have a vote, right? But that's ridiculous because his vote is magnified per share. There are individuals which have enough stock in the company that their vote is significant. They have a problem owning a company which is running because they have a ah. say in how the company runs. If the company is then run, open a shop, etc., they're going to have a problem. And so they have because they actually own the company in a certain sense. You don't really own the company because you, you have zero power over what the company's doing. That's not called ownership. Oh. So he says, yes, it's, even though it's, it's construed as an ownership, the reality is it's closer to a loan than it is to an ownership. Now that's the angle. So you, you're sitting over here, and, you know, it's a, everybody has, you know, 600,000, so you have 600,000 votes. No, you don't. Your vote is worth, Moshe Bendel's vote is worth a lot more than Beryl Ben Schmerl's vote, right? So you can't count them. You can't count them. That's what Shiva says, or Gifta said. Um, but he said the purpose of it was to teach Klai Yisrael, the way that Shiva said it was to teach Klai Yisrael, don't look at yourself as a body. They, they often needed the office process to remind them that's not who you are. You are something greater than your physical reality. I had an interesting thought about this. We were discussing last week with, with David, um, the, the Loch of Roiv. So, Roiv, then you follow Roiv, you follow the majority. Um, there's some elements of, you know, there's a certain element of, of logic behind it, uh, but there's a certain amount that it's exercised. Um The source for the fact that you follow Roiv is that the Torah says, you, by Bezdin, you Acher you, Avnahatris. You, you follow the majority. So there are 23 Dayanim sitting in the case, and we follow the majority. Now, we have no way of really saying that these 23 Dayanim all really have the same weight in their decision. Everybody's decision is equally weighty. I mean, obviously, they've reached some level of scholarship to be able to be a Dayan. Right, quite a level of scholarship to be a dime, but even though that's true, there's at, amongst that high level of, of, of knowledge, 
and 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 Chochman Swara, there's still a lot more to go after that. We each one person gets one count. There's a din of a Muflash of a Bezdin doesn't vote. He's not given a vote because he's a Mufla, he's extraordinary, and therefore his vote would count more than one. So the Muflash of a Bezdin stands on the side and does not, does not get a vote. But, but within the concept of that, you, the, the, here we have a situation where you're, you're in a certain sense counting bodies. We're saying there's 23 Dayan over here. And 13 said X and 10 said Y, so that, that's the decision. We're counting bodies. Because if we're trying to weigh them and the, how much weight each individual has, we have no way to do that. But theoretically, it wouldn't necessarily be 13, 13 to 10. So the says that Beshamay was smaller than Beshilal. But Beshamay did not acquiesced to the opinion of Beisillo because Beshameh was Beshameh was, was, was sharper. The Tamini Beshameh were sharper. So the Raghav Charmer says that Beshameh was in this point. That Beisillo says you go, but we're bigger. There's more of us. So you go most of the physical reality of the fact that the, that majority wins. Beshameh says, but in the world of, of understanding, we're bigger. Because we're Machari So our pool of understanding is greater than your pool of understanding. So Rogatrava then goes through multiple arguments between Besham, Hill and Shas. He says that they're really parallel this concept of they're arguing whether the main thing is the physical reality or the concept behind it. Okay. it he doesn't say this, but you know, the, 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 they, there are multiple sources which said that when Mashiach comes, we're going to follow Beishamah, not Beishelah. So, right now in this world, the physical reality plays a significant role. We look at these individuals as a physical reality, we don't see them as being something more than what's in front of us. So the Torah follows that reality. When Shia comes, we will see, the will be tremendous amount of understanding of how much there is to know. Beishamah is going to win. At that point in time, we were able to understand the importance of the of the das, the the havana, which is much more clear to us. We'll live on a higher plane. Where the physical is not the defining element; it's the it's the the kayak of chachma, and beshamay is going to be right at that point in time. Um, the rogue shabbat doesn't say that second half. He says the first half. I think based on the rogue shabbat said that would be true. The second half would, would make sense. There's a very um, delicious safer. The Rogatrum's writings are very difficult. Like most of his writings are written very cryptic, very cryptically. Like you write like two or three words on the Va'ayin, you know, type of a thing. You know, Rashiva Solis, he, he sent, um, he has two postcards from the, from the Rogatrum. We give through, he had two postcards from the Rogatrum. So the way, the way you would send a question to the Rogatrum was they had something called a double postcard. It was basically a self addressed, stamped, return card. So you would have the primary card where you would send to him. And the ready was a self-addressed stamped card. So he didn't have to write your, your, your name and put a stamp on. It was ready to go. He would respond to your question and tear it off and, you know, and the person would take it and that was it. He didn't, there was no introduction, there was no, no, no signature. He had no time for that. 
He was busy learning, right? So it was like you get the one or two line answer, you know, I'm this place over here, I'm this place over there. That was the answer. That was the whole thing, you know. The Shiva gave a shir one time. He went through the postcard. <laughs> the, three, the, three, the two lines of the postcard explained what the Rakhashar, what, what the question was, what the, what the Marmakarmas were, and what the Rakhashar was with Daikin and etc. Like that was the whole shear, was based on the postcard. So, um, the, it's very hard to learn, but there's, there was a yid in Ramacham and Lukasher. You ever hear of him? He wrote, he wrote a saber, we all know for a saber called Torah Shlema. She wrote a saber called Torah Shlema. Torah Shlema. Is he, he was never very finished. He got through, all the way through the base of the end of the midbar, being the lack at every chazal on the posuk, from the most wildest midrashic sources, medrash, septas, safra, sifri, zoyers, etc., and then explaining it. So each volume, like this thing, there's 13 or 14 volumes of it, like Turkish life, it's got everything there. Ramon Lakasha was, was a tremendous guy. He, the, I heard the story from Rabbi Hyatt, Rabbi Hyatt, he used to come to, Ramon Lakasha used to come every year to, to America to fundraise, and he would go to Peoria as part of his fundraising, where Rabbi Julius Hyatt was the Rav, and he would stay by the Rav's house. While he was there one year, a woman comes to Rahman Dakash and says, You know, I have, this, he's going around, the, he went to this woman's house to the fundraise. She says, oh, I have in the attic boxes and boxes of, of, of pages of written notes. Would you like to take a look at it? So, what was the story? Rahman Shah was Nifter in 1936. And he had one daughter and a son. He had a daughter and a son. That was all the, he had one daughter and she, she was married. They, they had moved to Eretz Yisrael. In 38, when they saw the, the, the clouds of war developing in Europe, the daughter and the son-in-law went back to Europe to save their father's writings. And they took the writings, they bundled it, and they sent it to a family in Peoria, where there was some, some type of a relative. It was this woman's parents. It was sit, sitting in this, in this woman's attic. She had no idea wh- who who was from. The mice said the the the, the Rogachevich's children, the, the, the daughters, were killed by the Nazis. But before the, that happened, they were able to save thousands of pages of the Rogachevich's sofa. She gave it to Rachel and Lukasher, who was the right person who could actually work them through. Because he knew all every time he made my mark up, he knew what he was referring to. Because you have to keep looking which one up. You got it in your mind. Oh yeah, this. Oh yeah, that. You know, you know, you know all this. Barbara. He published. So we have multiple volumes that Rachel and Lukasher published from the Rogachevich's notes, which came from this event in the in, 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 in Peoria. So after doing that for many years. He started noticing patterns in the Rogachevich's writings, like there's certain ideas he used to use a lot. So he put out a sefer called Mafanech Sefunois, showing the different types of ideas that the Rogachevich used and giving multiple examples throughout his form where he did that. So one thing he talks about the, the difference between Chaimur and Surah, how the Rogachevich used the concept of Chaimur and Surah in a halachic way, usually talking about an, an agonic way. He used it in a lochic way. And he gives this example of Machlokas in Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. It was one of the way the Rav explained 
that they're arguing is the, is the main thing the physical thing, or is the sura the form that it takes? You know, the the the, the function, the purpose is that the primary thing? So that's the, so the Rosh Hashanah has this, or Rambam the Kasha has this called Mefaneach Sefunos. The Sefer, the Rosh Hashanah Sefer is called Sefer Mefaneach. So he wrote a Sefer called Mefaneach Sefunos on the Sefer Mefaneach. That was that was the that was the catch. Um, so. Um, this idea, it's a good story, but I'll come back to the, the thought. <laughs> and it's a great story. It's just like you think about it. Though. I mean, they were much, they were, they, they were nifter, they were killed to save, save his ksobim. But we have his ksobim. A lot of, so he, he had published some things, but published Chuvas, he published a Pirish on the Rambam, and he wrote it like a, something called Madura Tignano, um, which he published as well. But the, um, that we have, we have from him on Chumash, we have from him on multiple Masechtas, we have from him with Kholi Mitzvahs, all, all of that was saved, these were suffering from Ramanach and Kasher, saved. It was able, you know, was able to, to publish. So, each member of Kaiso would come to Moshe, come to Aaron, stand in front of them, they would see through their soul, like, what their function and what their purpose is, That'd be tremendous. I mean, I'm sure it would be a little bit intimidating as far as I was concerned. I thought you would. I'd be intimidated by that a little bit, you know. Um, and they'd be given that that message. You could not at the same time count the body. It just would be totally antithetical to what, what the message is. So we need to count. Okay, it's a problem. Okay, give him a to the chef. We'll count the scroll. So at that, that point in time. So that's, I think, if you take this idea... That um, that he, that human being or Kliyosel is much more than the than just the physical reality. It was something that was the whole purpose of the visit. In a certain sense, was to give that message. So you cannot at the, at the same time do that. I had an interesting thought. You know, we Armenians we don't count. We you know we don't count bodies straight. Even when they count the Armenians, some people, some people you know use psukim and different things. You know. She has a mecha where it's a another law, has ten words in it, right? Um, um, so you, you count that way. I, I don't know if this is true. I never, I never thought about it. It hit me like when I, was, when I was saying this over that, but the Yonim, we are counting the bodies to a certain extent. So maybe over there you would count straight. You would count how many of the Yonim said A or it had said B, you would count. Dying A, dying B, etc. I would hesitate on that for, for another reason, though. Semi-halochic thought. <clears throat> the, the Mordechai Asakasha, we know the rule is that you go must arrive, but in the case of Kokavua, it's Kamech Salmechsodami, Numura says. So he says that the Yonimur Kavua. So how can you ever go must arrive? It's Kokavua Kamech Salmechsodami. It's the rule. What's the word? What? What's that mean exactly? means in a situation where the more okay, the, the Mishnah says you have you have t ten stores in the city, nine sell kosher, one sells trade. The more says if you find the piece of meat in the street, you came it from it came from the roiv. Right. But if the person went into the store, doesn't remember does not remember right. which store he went into. So he took it from a store. He took it from a state of kavias. So, well, the nine, nine percent chance he took it from the kosher store, and the ten percent chance he went to the, he went to the wrong store. 
No. But since you're taking it from the Kriyas, Kriyas is a 50-50. Well, it's not from Pasuk. So he says that the Yonim are, are Kavua there. They're sitting there Kavua and we're deciding an issue. So he says, no, no, no. We're not, we're not looking at the bodies. We're looking at their Das. And the Das is not Kavua. Das is something which is, uh. it, it's not physical. So it's not a, it doesn't have a Kavias. Uh. It's out, out, of the, it's out in, the, the, in, in the air. So, uh, which will be like, almost like the opposite of what I'm saying right now. Um, <laughs> so that's what the Mordechai says. Um, the Mordechai is in... It's either in Shabbos or Sanhedrin, I forget which one. Um, so, we're, we're looking at the Yonim in a certain sense. You know, there's a dichotomy how you look at the Yonim. Because we say, well... We weight each die and equally, even though there is one's das is bigger than the other ones. On the other hand, chasom to look at the yadam just as bodies. You know, the main point is the das. I think probably the answer is that by the yadam, the das and the body fuse into one to some extent. So it's not a kasha that you can look at the body and look at the das at the same time. Um, but the average member of so sometimes our das and our body don't really fuse so well. So we should never think of ourselves just as a body. So we, we, we do it as a mass as a shekel. Okay, that's the thought. Sure.